Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and in this episode, we're bringing you the review for Onward, plus all the latest movie news and a very special announcement later on in the podcast. Let's do it. Before we get started with today's review, Tim, I just want to make mention that it is our one-year anniversary episode. Happy anniversary, Ah! Tim! (laughs) Happy anniversary, Lee! Oh gosh, isn't this crazy? One year. I can't believe it. When it came time to bring this podcast to life, there was only one person whose love for all things movies matched my own. And you were the obvious choice. And I couldn't have done it without you. Oh, Lee, that's actually really, really sweet. Thank you. I I have had the most fun on this. I mean, people that know me, I never shut up about movies. And what better platform to literally have the freedom to just talk movies every week all the time and bring a podcast to you guys. Lee, this is your love child. And I'm so so grateful that you called upon me to be a part of this journey. And uh, big tick, hello, one year. As I said, I couldn't have done it without you. And it's been such a blast. It's been a great, great experience pulling this together with you. Well, thanks for coming on this journey with me, Tim. Let's keep going. <laughs> Let's move onward and review the latest Disney Pixar film, the aforementioned <laughs> Onward. <laughs> I love that segue. You're, you're becoming punny <laughs> like me. Oh, I know. I'm learning from the best. So Onward is available to stream on Disney Plus now. And it's by Pixar. It's an original story by Dan Scanlon, who previously directed Monsters University. Yes, he wrote that film as well, I believe. And this is a deeply personal story because he actually lost his father when he was a young boy. So that's Mm. what this movie is about. It's about two elven brothers who go on a mystical quest to bring their father back to life for one day. Yeah, which is quite an interesting premise, Mm. which I think in a blanket statement, this film had so much world building so many different elements and layers to the fantasy world and now what the world is actually like that was really exciting going into this film to be like okay we're going into this fantasy world who better to take us in to have this sort of experience than pixar what did you how did you feel that they 
achieved that? Well, as you mentioned, it's quite an odd concept. It's, you know, two brothers going on this quest with their half-formed father, so the spell doesn't quite go right. And they're trying to find the last bit of magic in a suburban fantasy world to finish the spell. I mean, I think it was a really fun movie. Pixar always do really solid animations. Their style is really solid. The story is always really solid. In this case, I think maybe it was a bit formulaic, but still nice. Yeah. There wasn't anything groundbreaking about the story, but it was still really interesting Mm. and still really entertaining, probably is the more appropriate word. Like it was thoroughly entertaining, but nothing, nothing pushed the boundaries from my perspective. I like it was really original, set in this fantasy world full of elves and sprites and dragons and but it had lost its magic i liked the irony of that that it was a magical mystical world but there wasn't any magic left in the world exactly and i mean you could liken our society to this this world as well because how technology has taken over the way that we communicate exist and ultimately achieve things it's kind of a bit of a it's seen more as a as a distraction screens technology all those sorts Mm. of things and in this the ramifications of the rise of technology is that it's taken the magic out of the world and people feeling inspired in that way that's really insightful tim but as insightful as that may sound you know the, the world building was so interesting but unfortunately it was a little bit underdeveloped and I was there wanting so much more. I wanted to spend more time in the exposition and I felt like it, cause it all happened at the beginning, mm. right? And you learned things about the world along the way as the story progressed, but it was a bit quick. This isn't really a spoiler, but it's kind of, I didn't quite believe how magic had left the world due to technology at such a quick pace. Mm. It felt when, when they were promoting the film and marketing it, I thought this story was going to exist in a world that was hundreds of years later to the magic world, but it was only a few decades and I felt even less like I I just felt like it was a bit, bit of a pill too hard to swallow or Mm. whatever that expression Mm -hmm. is. I thought, Oh, I'm not really convinced. I think that's the issue. I wasn't really convinced. Right. I hear what you're saying, but you know, you're in for something special or unique with Pixar. Absolutely. Which I really enjoyed. And it's actually, (laughs) When you think about this concept, it's actually a really terrible concept. Like, it's horrifying for two brothers to be going on this journey with their father's bottom half. Yeah, half their dad. Half their dad. Like, that's actually quite (laughs) terrifying. But Pixar Mm. had this way of making awful things more palatable. I mean, you look at, like, Up, you know, this horrible story of a man losing the love of his life. and Still one of the most emotional openings of any film literally ever so it still hits you right in the feels but it's a little bit more whimsical if you will even in this film the example of they gave the cursed dragon a silly face and a silly roar yeah you know (laughs) no i totally agree and you know you keep bringing up this point and rightfully so about pixar Mm. and how original and innovative they are and i think they're clearly imaginative lot of storytellers Mm. and they they care so deeply about their storytelling and their characters like you can see that Mm. in every one of their films those that don't hit the mark those that absolutely do there's something special about it but just an interesting point i can't honestly i'm trying to get my thoughts around what i'm about to say but i can't quite put my finger on it at times a lot of the time it didn't really feel like a pixar film do you feel what i'm saying like Mm. 
which is not so much a bad thing. It was different, which is good. There was less of the story development. The story was very simple and it was relying heavily on the animation, I think, and the action and the pacing was a little bit off. So whereas mm. Pixar really, really delve into the character development and really create these whole characters that make you really um, identify and feel for them. And I guess it was harder to identify with these characters as much. Do you think that could be part in parcel with the voice talent? If we want to call out the cast at this point, mm. we had Tom Holland who played the lead in Ian. We had Chris Pratt, who is his brother, Barley. We also had the mother, who I thought was probably my favourite character, mm. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Mm. And then a- an actor I didn't realise was in this film. She played the manticore. It was Octavia Spencer. Mm. And, wow, I just the energy she brought to that role was just so freaking great. And when I looked up the cast just to refresh my memory on, like, who was involved in the film, I was like, what? That was Octavia Spencer? Brilliant. Now, do you think that Chris Pratt or or Tom Holland didn't didn't bring enough to the role? Is that why you felt you didn't identify or connect as much? No, or? I'm going to completely disagree with you there. I think the chemistry, especially between Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, was on point. They were really mm. enjoyable and really natural. Sometimes the voices in these kind of movies can bring you out of a movie if they're not quite right or if they're a little bit jarring. I think the whole voice cast was just perfect in this. Just to clarify, I was just, I didn't think they didn't bring enough to the role. I was just asking if you <laughs> thought they did or didn't. You're playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I am. I'm just, I was just, no, no, I thought they were excellent. I just think that there was something about the, the, the way they were written that didn't quite get there right. for you. But I, but I think Tom, Chris, Julia, Octavia, mm-hmm. all on first name basis, were excellent in their voice acting abilities. And there's lots of Easter eggs in this film, which is quite cute. And that's a trademark of Pixar, that they leave little Easter eggs from their other films in there. I won't say where they are or what they are, but have a bit of fun trying to find those within the movie. I always have to look them up after. I, I just can never pick them. Are we ready to review this one? I think we are. Look, I, I liked it. I just felt like it just didn't quite get there in, in all the ways that we've discussed mm. I thought its biggest issue was probably its rushed exposition and its lack of world building that I think, you know, this would make a great TV series, don't you think? There's so much potential and different avenues to delve into and I I would sign up to watch Mm. that. But ultimately, I think it was so entertaining and the animation, which we briefly brushed on, was just stunning. I mean, it's Pixar. You're going to be absolutely wowed by the abilities of their animators. I'm probably going to give it a three out of five, which isn't a bad number, I don't think. It just wasn't up to those dizzy heights that usually Pixar deliver. I'm going to agree with you there, and I'm going to say three stars as well. It was formulaic, and it was a really solid Pixar film, as I've said. Yeah. Well, Onward is available to stream now on Disney+, Plus, so check it out. Lee, it is a great full week of movie news. What are we going to talk about today? Well, first up, director James Gunn has said someone will die in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now, really, this isn't surprising news, but it is a bit shocking because I'm thinking, I hope it's not a main character. Although technically, if we're going to be a bit spoilery, didn't Gamora already die? (laughs) Isn't she technically dead? Yeah, but is she technically back? I mean, there's so many unanswered questions and not because they're potholes or whatever. It's just, we're not in phase four yet. So it's kind of, what's the importance of bringing Black Widow back in a standalone film? Will she, will we experience her in later films again? Like, is she not really dead herself? Mm. I mean, honestly, 
someone has died in every Guardians of the Galaxy film anyway. So it could be just a, it could be just a really nothing character. He could just be doing a teaser, which would be fine. But I'm still a little nervous. I'm not really that nervous. I find these sorts of news really pointless. Like we are years away. We don't know the shape or form of phase four. Like what's the point? Someone will die. It's like, great. Well, we still got to wait three fucking years to find out. Like what's the point in saying it? Just, you know, they're just playing with the, with the PR, the, you know, they're just trying to get interest. They just want to be top of the, of the news line. And Hey, it was the first piece of news for us. So here we are talking about it. Some Warner Brothers dates have been shuffled. Would you like to take us through them? Yes. So no surprise here. Again, every week we kind of reveal or, you know, share the shift in date. So we've got the Matt Reeves, the Batman that's been pushed back to October, 2021. You may recall that that was originally scheduled to release in June of 2021. Baz Luhrmann's Elvis biopic. So that's been pushed back just one month from October, 2021 to November. Not really significant in terms of its release schedule. And The Flash and Shazam 2 are both still a while off. We have to wait till 2022 for those films. I have to say I have no interest in seeing those films. Shazam was a pretty average film from what I remember. And I'm surprised that they're going ahead with the sequel for this one. And The Flash, now there's a bit of controversy around Ezra Miller. There was a video that dropped recently. We're not really into gossip, but that appeared to have him attacking a fan i just feel like these two films are just so far off there isn't that level of interest anyway i I think the flash is so dead in the water they've either got to reboot it because you you know the flash as ramilla's character was part of two awful films Mm. it's almost like how i felt about birds of prey because it was it was a byproduct of the awful suicide squad You, you know even though the harley quinn character is much more interesting and it found its own voice there. It was kind of like, it's there's baggage there. And I think the flash has a lot of baggage with Batman vs Superman and, and justice league. Do you think it's too much baggage to overcome too much baggage? And this film just will never be released. Like it just keeps getting pushed back and Mm. back and back. It's like, what's, where is it going to slot in here? Why is it so difficult to get this film off the ground? And, and then to your point, yeah, Shazam was very average. I thought it was, shit to be perfectly honest (laughs) and i mean they're just only making shazam 2 because it will play into the black adam film that we've got the rock cast Mm. in so that's that's i think that's the only reason why it's being made and lionsgate have announced a hunger games prequel speaking of movies that we didn't ask for the ballad of songbirds (laughs) and snakes directed by francis lawrence do we need this prequel at this stage nah i mean it's based on a new prequel novel the author is releasing at the same time, I think, or just before mm. the film will come out. But maybe out. they should wait and see what this novel, what kind of reception this novel is going to have before they jump into mm. a prequel. I mean, it interests me in some way. I believe this is going to be based on Snow, the big bad guy who was mm. played by... Donald Sutherland. Uh, which does interest me because he was quite a compelling character. But the last two films, the part one and part two, were so average... They kind of need to work a bit harder to win that that audience back. See, I remember enjoying those films. I think they were, it was a pretty cool series. Oh, I liked the first two. Mm. I thought that Hunger Games and Catching Fire were excellent. It was just the Mockingjay part one and two I thought were a bit, especially part mm. two, weren't very good. 
And another reboot, Chris Pine is apparently going to star in the Saint reboot, which originally starred Val Kilmer back in the 90s, was it? Early 90s? You're good with dates. Mm. Do you remember? Can you yeah. pull that one? Late 90s. It was like it was like 97 or 98. Fact check. But me. it's going to be directed by Dexter Fletcher, who I love. I love his work, but I'm just not sure about this movie. I love Dexter Fletcher. I love Chris Pine. I've got no thoughts, feelings, questions, queries, concerns about the Saint. I'm not too affiliated with it or too excited. <laughs> I, I'm just keen to see what they do. I think it's a great pair. Okay. Now, we have some Venom sequel news. And I can I, I watched it the other mm-hmm. day. I hadn't seen it in cinemas. It came out like 2018. So I'm really, really behind. You are quite behind, actually. Oh, <laughs> I bet oh you hated it. Can God. I just can I jump in with a psychic prediction? Did you hate it? Please. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It was a pile of steaming yeah. poo. <laughs> It was just so awful, so awful in so many ways. And I was so annoyed at how, like, excited I was to watch it because I'm like, oh, finally, I'm going to watch Venom. Yes. And Tom Hardy is so cool. He is. He is. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what Michelle Williams was doing. I don't know what any of them were doing. Anyway, we're not here to review Venom. We're here to give (laughs) Venom sequel news. So it's been delayed to 2021. So that was meant to come out, I think, October Mm. of this year and get this. We have an official title, Mm -hmm. and I've never seen a more ridiculous title. So it's called Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Mm -hmm. Which is a character. So (sighs) Carnage was a character that was introduced towards the end of the first film in a little Easter egg with Woody Harrelson playing the villain. Um, So obviously that's what the direction they're going in. But an interesting thing this week, Tom Hardy put on his Instagram page a little teaser of Venom eating Spider-Man's leg and then quickly deleted it. But people, of course, saw it really quickly and screenshotted it. So I wonder if we're going to get the crossover that we want of Spider-Man and Venom in this movie. I think that, I think it needs it. I think it needs some life injected into it. The first film was so poorly written, so poorly executed. It makes me nervous that they're going to inject Spider-Man into a poor narrative but it could also help mm. it and elevate it and give it a bit of importance to its story. I don't know. What a stu- I just, this title's ridiculous. Why can't they just call it Venom Carnage or Venom Maximum Carnage <laughs> or something? Let there be carnage. There's so many words. It's clunky. It's corny. Maximum Carnage. <laughs> maximum Extreme Carnage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sounds like a Rambo yeah. film now. Now, in the vein of this new jukebox movie phenomenon that's happening at the moment with Bohemian Rhapsody and um, Rocketman, we've got a Whitney Houston biopic in the in the works. Yes. So this is titled I Want to Dance with Somebody. I think this will be a really tough story to adapt. You know, her, her life is so tumultuous. Mm. She was a massive star and had a massive decline and an ultimate demise where she died at only 48 mm. years old. Tragically, I think the night or two before the mm. Grammys and it was just awful. There are some fantastic documentaries out there on Whitney Houston. Probably the better one is just titled Whitney. So check that out. If you kind of, like me, knew about her, but didn't really understand her, like the gravity to her success and influence in society and, and, and pop music. It's an excellent, excellent documentary. So if we're going to delve into those aspects of her life and that controversy and mm. that mystery of as an artist, then I think we've got a really great jukebox movie on the cards. But I wonder if it'll be too safe. It'll be too much like Bohemian Rhapsody, not enough Rocket Man. That's what oh, I'm worried yeah, about. yeah, he's hoping. The director is Stella Meggie. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, mm. but 
that's yeah so also the next two mission impossible movies have shifted as a lot of movies have from mid 2021 and 2022 to the end of those years instead and tom cruise he really takes his time with his films anyway he always really wants to get them right so he's not going to rush to put these out no absolutely not uh you know these films just keep getting stronger and stronger from an audience-based point of view but also the box office receipt and i wonder if it'll be the end of the franchise because that'll bring us up to like seven eight eight my Mm -hmm. god anyway let's go for 10 tom (laughs) let's go for 10 (laughs) you can do it well that is our movie news for this week on popcorn podcast and now i believe you have a very special announcement tim lee we have a first anniversary giveaway announcement Which is really exciting. So, to celebrate the first anniversary of Popcorn Podcast, we are giving away three Popcorn Podcast mug and $20 iTunes gift card packs. Now, how to enter, you simply listen out for a unique code word in every new episode of Popcorn Podcast during the month of May. Starting next week's episode. Correct. So, we won't have a code word in this episode. So, once you have this code word, You use the form on our website to enter. So you head to www.popcornpodcast.com slash win. And the more code words you collect, the more chances you'll have to win the giveaway. So make sure you keep listening to every episode in May. Absolutely. So, I mean, at this time, what better gift than getting an iTunes gift card? Because then you can purchase rent all the latest digital releases maybe those ones like us that we missed in cinemas and we're bringing the reviews to now because some of them are quite expensive yeah so i mean here we're here to help you guys you know (laughs) (laughs) alleviate that burden as you explore a list of films that you've always Mm. wanted to watch or the new films that are out so thank you for all your support over the last year this is kind of us giving back to you spread the word share Mm -hmm. it around you'll see lots of posts and, and all the all the instructions on how to enter So keep listening and good luck. And we can't wait to celebrate our first anniversary with you through May. Thank you for listening, guys. Oh, just like giddy. I'm so excited. (laughs) All right, guys. So we reviewed Onward in this episode. You can catch that on Disney Plus right now. So let us know what you thought. Thanks for listening. See ya. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.